You're listening to All The Best. I'm Helena Baroni-Peters. When I was six years old, I saw the Australian Ballet's performance of Swan Lake. It was my first time being inside the Sydney Opera House, and I was absolutely in awe. I had my eyes glued to the stage the whole time, amazed at how the dancers moved through the air. And in that moment, I decided that I was going to be a ballerina. Now, there are a few very dedicated and talented six-year-olds who managed to turn these childhood dreams into a reality. I was not one of them. I spent the next eight years of my life in ballet lessons, trying to teach my inflexible, clumsy body to fly gracefully through the air. At 14, I decided I was ready to challenge myself, and I signed up for a class at a renowned dance school in the area. And in that room of exceptionally well-coordinated people, I watched my ballerina dreams slip away and came to realise that I'm a terrible dancer. While I wasn't destined to be a ballerina, today we're hearing from two people who never stopped performing. In our first story, Wing talks to the Balloon Man, a renowned street performer in Melbourne, about his craft and how it's been affected by recent lockdowns. It's strange to walk on the streets of Melbourne without spotting a busker. In the past, the streets were full of musicians and artists performing. But as the city comes to its another lockdown, all is gone. Where are the buskers? How have they been during the lockdowns? With these questions, I gave a call to Johnson Xu. Johnson is my favorite busker. You might not be familiar with his name, but you definitely have seen his performance in Melbourne. Hi everyone on the podcast. My name is Johnson. I come from Taiwan. I'm 35 years old by now. I'm known as a balloon man in Melbourne. The biggest things I like to do is get it inside to the balloon and entertain all the audience who see my show. It was about two years ago when I first saw Johnson's performance on the street. At that time, Johnson worked as a magician when he was not performing. Before he came to Melbourne in 2015, Johnson was also a busker in Taiwan. He started his career at 20, but he was quite frustrated at the time. In Asian culture, I would say they are not really really respect to the performance unless you are really famous. So if you want to try living with uh, by performing, it will be really, really hard work. And um, so beside performing, I used to be a math teacher, percussion teacher, but basically I still love performing. When Johnson was 29, he applied for a working holiday visa to Australia. It was his last chance to do so, because the visa had an age limitation. He then started to make a living by busking. But soon, Johnson experienced the worst time of his life in Australia. Seems like um, it's really hard to catch people's eyes if you uh, were like a magician. And 
only if um, people will stop for you, only when they feel something is, they, are, they will be curious and they will try to find out what's going to happen. But um, since like people know you are a magician and then they will expect that, okay, you are going to do something special, something magical, but it's under their expecting. So um, it doesn't really working very well for me as a magician on, uh, to, when doing busking. So I didn't earn much money actually. <laughs> and um, at the end of the 2018, I met my teacher, uh, the first balloon man in, in Melbourne, also come from Taiwan. <laughs> and well, he know me as a magician and, and, and then we become friends. And then before he go back to Taiwan, I I asked him to teach me the all the balloon man things. And well, he's very kind. And then he told me all the tips. And then I, I tried to practice over and over again for like one month every day. And then I started to do the balloon man on the street. Unfortunately, he failed his first performance as he was not familiar with the music. But soon, he got more skillful. And the more skillful he got, the more he earned. During the peak tourism time, he could earn 90 bucks per hour. In the very beginning, you will see someone wearing a wetsuit on the street. And then probably you might think, is this guy going to swim on the street? And then the next next step, you will see a very, very huge balloon. The balloon is even bigger than a human being. And then you will see a man putting himself step by step into the totally inside the balloon. And, and then by changing all the shapes, shaking, and then <laughs> you will enjoy it with the performers. And then you will laugh at the end. The music uh, I use the most is Crazy Frog. The most well-known melody is And then it was March 2020, the first lockdown in Melbourne. That's just after the Mumba Festival. After the Mumba Festival, um, then they started the lockdown. Of course, I feel a little bit like um, panic because I just lost the source of income. I have no choice but to find some other job to keep my life. I can understand that um, it's really hard for everyone, but uh, I don't know. There's just nothing I can do. And then just we can only just wait for what city council told us. And then only we'll keep waiting, waiting, and waiting. During lockdowns, Johnson found a job in a dental clinic. When there are breaks between lockdowns, he tries to be back to the streets. But the streets are already different. It's already a big difference. The tourists, the numbers of the tourists just uh, plunk. No, not much, not much. Uh, tourists in inside the city, and well, the income is actually not really not good as, as well. So, well, um, people still like my show, but um, 
it's really hard to motivate myself to keep doing the show. I asked Johnson whether he's able to secure any financial support from the Victorian government or the city council. He said he could receive COVID disaster support for his job at the dental clinic, but as a performer, he couldn't secure any financial payment. I can't get the COVID uh, COVID nineteen disaster payment by now because my working hours also been affected by the lockdown. But um, as a performer, well, because um, as a busker, our income is all cash. All right. So it's hard for the government to support you as well. It's like, um, how do I know your average income? And Johnson felt he became unnecessary. The career as a performer, uh, the first one can be ignored. Because we are, we are actually not the necessary things for people's life. Do you know what I mean? Do you think you are necessary for people? Well, when it comes to life and death, yeah. I contacted the city of Melbourne about whether they provided financial support for buskers, but I didn't receive their response by deadline. I also couldn't find out any details about the support payments on their website. Looking back to his busking career, Johnson had gains and pains. He was once attacked by an audience during a performance. He hurt his leg and was unable to work for days. But he also learned a lot, especially from other buskers. They not only taught him how to improve his performance, but also his own value as a busker. So as a performer, when I was in Taiwan, I, I, I actually not dare to ask the money for my clients or any other else because I also treat myself as a low value. When I get to Australia, when I know other buskers, and they actually told me a lot, is that you provide the entertainment and so you're worth for that. I asked Johnson whether he regretted becoming a performer. He said he did, but not now. He wanted to go back to the streets as soon as possible. He enjoyed entertaining people, and people needed entertainment right now. I also wish Johnson could come back to the streets and perform soon. I hope it will be a sunny day, where we can walk freely with our friends on the streets. And then, you can hear the familiar music, and you can see the balloon man. That story was produced by Wing Kwan. Oli Krusek was the supervising producer. You're listening to All the Best. I'm Helena Baroni Peters. At All the Best, you can learn how to make audio documentaries, essays, and fiction. If you have a story to tell, get in touch. Visit allthebestradio.com and send us your pitch. We'll pair you with one of our supervising producers to help make your story. In our next story, amidst a world hurtling towards chaos, Ryan learns to juggle. And heads up, this story comes with a language warning. 
Okay, here we go. March 2020. Uh, looks like we're going to be staying inside for a while. And a lot of people are using that time to learn a new skill. And I've always wanted to learn how to juggle. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to record my practice sessions. Uh, I realized that Audio is not exactly the best medium for that. Juggling is kind of a visual thing, but it's more about the accountability than anything, I think. This is day one. Let's see how I go. Okay, so this is day six, and I've been practicing for like half an hour to maybe an hour each day, and... I think I've kind of got the hang of it. I mean, I'll probably drop it as soon as I record this now, but... Okay, like, not great, but, you know, the basic technique is there. It's day... 15, I think. I should have been blogging these. It's uh, bad practice. Anyway, it's day 15-ish. I was kind of hoping to get to this point by the end of lockdown. And now it seems like the pandemic is... <laughs> uh, it, it's gonna It's going to be a while. Who knows how long, I, I guess, like six months it could be a year it's not really obvious at this point so i've ordered some juggling clubs uh which are here and uh what do they sound like that juggling foley for you juggling club foley and yeah they should keep me occupied hopefully until the pandemic ends It's July 2021, and we're back in lockdown. It looks like it's going to be for a while. And it feels really different to last year. The first lockdown, there was a sense of solidarity and optimism and maybe like a little bit of novelty to it that now is just replaced with fatigue and despair and I don't know, like maybe that feeling of, you know, we're all in this together was just an illusion or it's just been eroded over time as this thing continues to drag on. Anyway, I started juggling again. Check it out.
It's been a while since I've done a proper update. A lot has happened, obviously. Anyway, uh, looks like we're gonna have to live under the ocean for a while. And I'm, I'm just trying to decide whether to take my juggling clubs with me or not. On the one hand, they've brought me some comfort through all this. And on the other hand, I'm ultimately just distracting myself from the feeling of hopelessness in the face of concurrent global crises. It's like trying to build a sandcastle while watching a tsunami come towards you. Like a, like a little little domain of control. Like, sure, the world is burning, but at least I can do a pretty solid Rubenstein's Revenge. You know? It's not nothing. Who am I talking to? No one's going to listen to this. Welcome. Due to the recent unclassified disaster, you are being relocated to a temporary subaquatic shelter. Please remain in your seat until the bathysphere has made a complete stop. Life in New Sydney is fine. Some things really haven't changed. There's still inequality and systemic prejudice. And some things are really different. Like now, a lot of the prejudice is directed towards a new race of mutant coral-human hybrids called the Corallians. Anyway, I think this is going to be my last recording. Long story short, I kind of double-crossed a crime boss called Clorks of the Gorthian Raiders. I had to flee the district and I gave my juggling clubs to the border security as a bribe. I kind of regret the whole juggling thing in retrospect. I know I couldn't have stopped any of this from happening, but maybe instead of pissing away all my time on a selfish endeavor, I could have done something worthwhile, something useful. Where am I? Relax. You're lucky we found you first, Ryan. I heard you've been on the run. Well, how would you like to stop running? What's this about? We have a mutual problem. Wondering if you want to do something about it. See, the new Sydney constabulary wants Clorks out of the picture. And I'm guessing you would appreciate not having to look over your shoulder every time you walk down the street. I, I think you've made a mistake. You want to help free Taruna Prospect from the tyranny of a criminal overlord, don't you? Of course, I just don't understand how you expect me to help you take out the head of the Gorfian Raiders. I'm just a... Just a what? A juggler? Well, that's just what we need you to be. Wait, is this a joke? Take a look at my emotional display monitor. Do you see a humor reading? 
No. So, do you want me to file a bug report? Or do you want to help me take out this son of a bitch? Now, when you say take out... I mean sleeping with the fishes. And not in the sense that we are all sleeping with the fishes, what with us living in an underwater city, but in the figurative sense of being full dead. So, are you in? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. So here's the plan. Once you enter Taruna Prospect, it won't be long before you're snatched up by Clorx's cronies and brought to his base of operations, Slimy Brines, easily in the top three most wretched hives of scum and villainy. Yabiba tama torka torka, jimpa no tangini uka mokumba. Clorx finds it amusing that after being banished from Taruna Prospect, Not only were you foolish enough to return, but you had the cojones to waltz right into slimy brines. Nakatara Mukala. He says that now it will be easy to exact your punishment. Ordinarily, entering the region after banishment is met with swift execution. But Clorks is going to want you alive. Why? You heard about the sea plague that's been going around? Of course. That's why Tarina Prospect shut their borders in the first place. They've had zero cases. Correction. They've had one case. Last week, a member of Clorks' staff was mysteriously infected. Now, this is where your special talent comes in. Juggling? I, I don't understand. Juggling is a dying art, Ryan. Only two people in all of New Sydney knew how to do it, and we just fucking iced the other bloke. I have recently lost my clown to the rampant sea plague. Tragic. But if you were to prove your skills as an entertainer... Wait, so the plan is for me to get hired as Clorx's new clown? Not quite. Clorx has had rumours that you possess the skills of a juggler. He demands that you prove your worth with a demonstration. Well, I can't exactly do that in these restraints, can I? Thanks. Once I remove your restraints, walk over to the table closest to the kitchen. Collect a few items from the patrons. Make like you're getting ready to do your little juggling demo. Then, reach under the table. There will be a blaster taped to the underside. I did it. It's done. He's dead. Great, kid. Now get the hell out of there.
If we don't get this reactor operational soon, this whole underwater city is going to go kablamo. Don't explain the stakes to me like I don't understand them. They're as high as they could possibly be. I know that. We just need to get the containment field restarted. If we do that, that antimatter is going to drop to the ground, explode, and kill us all. Damn it, you're right. But what if one of us were to go inside the chamber wearing the mech suit? Then we could suspend the antimatter in the electromagnetic field while the containment field is reset. You're not thinking, mate. There's five antimatter spheres in there. How are you going to hold them all in the air at the same time? Did somebody call for a juggler? No, I, I didn't. Did you? Hey, what are you doing? You can't go in there. Here, hold this. What's this? An audio recorder. What's it for? Accountability. So as you can see, if it weren't for this world-saving act of juggling, none of us would be alive today. And that is why we hold this noble art in such high esteem. Well, child bots, looks like that's lunch. And by lunch, I of course mean a mandatory one-hour juggling session. Praise be the balls. Praise be the balls. That story was produced by Ryan Pemberton. All the best would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we make these stories and pay our respects to elders past and present. All the best is made at FBI Radio on Gadigal land in association with Sin and 3RRR on Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Boonarong lands, and 8CCC on Arunda and Warramungu lands. Our editorial manager is Mel Chun, and our production manager is Danny Stewart. Emma Pham is our social media producer. Our community and events coordinator is Lydia Yosefova, and Wing Kwong is the All the Best mentee producer. Shining Bird composed our theme music and Annie Hamilton designed the artwork. We're heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network and we're made possible by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. You can find out more at cbf.org.au. You can find more episodes by searching for All the Best wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Helena Brony-Peters. Thanks for listening.